Hello, this is episode 361 of the Fruitful Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. So I've been going through a lot this week. I'll probably at some point talk about that in the subscription podcast. And like always, I believe in showing up in my own vulnerability, which is somewhat ironic in what I want to talk about is blackmail vulnerability. And I often freak myself out because... This narrative was running at the back of my mind as I recorded the last podcast and I was kind of like, it doesn't feel like the right time to talk about that, so let's just keep it simple for now. And then events have unfolded and it's as if what was in my mind has taken place once more in reality. And the truth when we ask for vulnerability in black people is we we ask them to, to choose between the historic consequences which have been rape or lynching and that's you know I should have given a trigger warning at the start of this podcast this podcast is going to be a bit ugly it's something that was sparked in me reading an article a few months ago by a doctor I don't really know when I read the article it just really stuck in my mind partly because I spent four months working in an operating theatre when I was 16 and I guess it showed me the vulnerability of our physical body, what illness does to us. It has really stood to me on a personal level because I saw a mastectomy and the surgeons were actually incredibly condescending towards me seeing that. But the fact that I did see what took place has really helped me to support personal friends who have had breast cancer. And at the time when I was being sort of ushered out of it and judged for being present, I sort of said, well, you know, obviously there's a huge backstory that's taken place here and there's been a lot of counselling and a lot of support of the patient to get to this place. And the reality is, is that no, none of that generally takes place. So it's, you know, even my expectations when I was 16 of what would take place for someone to have their body so mutilated isn't actually the case. And so this article was on what bullets do to bodies. The person interviewed was sort of saying that if we if we had a vision of this, if we knew the reality of this, maybe we would feel very differently about guns and bullets. Reading the comments on social media from the recent trial where the officers were sent back to duty once more, there's this sense of, oh, well, he shouldn't have run. And I'm kind of like, do you remember the situation only a very short time ago where the person didn't run and they basically got beaten to death? Have you, have you already forgotten that? Or the most ridiculous statement on the article was, oh, well, 40 bullets was overkill. And I'm kind of like... How many would you like? You know, what would be the right number for you? Three, five, ten, twenty? What, what would be appropriate for you? What, what would be the appropriate reaction? Do you even know what that looks like in someone's body? And I'm reminded of a, a situation that happened in Ireland. I meant to look up the date. I'm pretty sure it was the 27th of December 2021. 
It was very dear to me at the time because of the locality it took place in. It was where I'd had my own school. The person who was shot 13 times by the guards here could have been one of my students. And they had a, a sort of a manic episode, I, I guess. They wielded a knife. They didn't even have a gun. The armed response unit should never have been deployed to the situation to begin with. They very obviously didn't have the training to deal with it. It's a very different conversation in Ireland because our guards are not armed. Gunshot situations with the guardy are, are so rare that they end up causing a, a huge inquiry each time one, one takes place. And just before that, an off-duty detective had been shot by his own weapon that realistically he should never have had in his possession since he was off-duty. And the consequences of that were that a lot of firearms were actually taken back from detectives in the country that obviously people realized that it wasn't appropriate for them to have them. So it's a very different conversation in Ireland. And the reason that we, we have an armed response unit was in reaction to there being gangland violence in the country and not being able to deal with it. And some of that has even spread across the Atlantic to America. And so in this situation, I spoke about it at the time, you had 13 armed officers, I think it was, that turned up and all shot out to a black man who was having a breakdown, was on the doorstep of his sister's home. She was trying to talk him down. She probably would have. And there was this disgusting overreaction. And at the time, I was just so horrified by... by how many, body, how many bullets were left lodged in his body? And I was left horrified by the fact that I've had a number of male white students over the years who have had manic episodes with knives and had the guardie called out and not had the same reaction, not had an armed response unit deployed to the situation. And so it, it really... It really jarred off something in me. It, it made me realize that if I ended up in a situation, I could no longer trust the guardie to behave appropriately if the person wasn't white. I no longer, I no longer had that trust after that episode. And that was quite a shocking moment for me. And again, it was one of those things where only the week before I had written about that trust and then that trust was eroded. And I was like, but I only just wrote that I could have that trust in Ireland, you know, versus America. And the part for me in this that everyone seems to miss and maybe by looking at the article on what bullets do to bodies and maybe by having this honed in. Maybe everybody who wrote in the comments can no longer make this about somebody else or distant from them or this is a black problem or this is what black men deserve or some ridiculous expectation on how submissive black men should be in a situation that may or may not save their lives. 
And the key point I have is that, and this is the trigger alert, right? That person's body would have been so mutilated from 40 bullets. There were 60 shots shot on that occasion. And their body would have been so mutilated that those officers are either completely traumatized and have the equivalent of shell shock after war, which caused many challenges for families with returning soldiers. They either are so traumatized that they're incapable of functioning properly, or they're not traumatized and they're complete psychopaths who have no emotional feeling and no responsibility to what they have done. And in either of those situations, do you really want to meet them in a uniform with a gun now? I don't understand why no one asks that question every time a horrific incident takes place, that they don't look at the mental damage on the officers present and think, you know, and my comparison here is going to be very crude. It's a bit like a big cat, cat, a game cat that has developed a taste for human flesh. We wouldn't, villages where that happens would seek to humanely put down that animal or to capture it because they realize the consequences of a big cat developing a taste for human flesh. They realize the safety concerns that that would cause. Why do we never realize the safety concerns in causing an event such as this that's so traumatic and so mutilating? Why do we not question whether those officers have developed a taste for that sort of barbaric reaction? Why do we not question their mental illness? Why do we not question their responsibility or their capability to be back out on the streets having created such horribleness and such trauma both to themselves and to the community? I don't want to meet any of those officers and certainly not with a gun. And I'm not sure why anyone else does. And I'm not sure why anyone commenting on the news feed has not cognated that in their brain. And the answer is because they think that they can be vulnerable. They think that they can call those officers out to protect them in any situation. But quite frankly, their entire mental capacity has been altered from this incident and I would question what has taken place before this incident that has led to that and you will probably find a whole series of events where they have created trauma and been exposed to trauma that has accumulated in that moment of them feeling like it's a reasonable reaction to fire 60 bullets at a human and that they can reasonably look at what they have done to a human body when it contains 40 bullets. And I had a difficulty when that happened in Ireland and the body of that man, George, contained 13 bullets. But even if it contained one, 
it would still be a horrific injury. And maybe by making you focus on that, you will start to realize the implications of what is taking place, of what we are doing to each other. And we are surrounded by images of war. We are surrounded by images of amputees from the Ukraine at the moment. And I worry about what that is doing to people's mental wellness, both within that country, both for everyone who's being exposed to it. We are back in the trenches of World War One. 